Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Frequency Cast number 60, the UK's digital TV and technology show. The show that's driven by feedback from you. My name's Carl, and with me today is our tech guru, Pete. Hi there. For today's show, you've asked us to talk about tablet computing, so we go head to head with the two top tablets. Now, here's a look at what we'll be talking about in today's tantalising take on technology. Sky Atlantic takes to the air. We find out what's on offer. Got a Kindle? We unlock a secret game for you. Plus, the on-demand service, UView, takes an unexpected turn. We browse through the apps on offer with the Galaxy Tab. Plus, your questions on Freeview HD, weather stations and V-plus boxes. First off, here's Pete with the latest TV and tech news. Frequency cast. Now loading news. News time, and it's been a busy few weeks. First off, it looks like the TV service UView is set to be delayed until 2012. UView is set to offer a mix of live TV from Freeview plus extra content over the internet. According to insiders, technical issues mean that the launch could be delayed until 2012. Next, news for Sky TV customers. By the time you hear this, a bunch of changes will have been made to the Sky Electronic Program Guide. Sky's HD channels, previously dotted around the guide, have now moved positions and are sitting at the top. Sky 1 HD moves from 170 to 106 for HD customers, and Sky Sports goes from 408 to 401. There's a link on our show notes to the new lineup. Also note that Sky Atlantic has now launched on Channel 108, also in HD, offering the new lineup of hit TV shows from HBO. This new channel is available free to Sky subscribers, and it's only on Sky. Next, great news for iPhone and iPad users. At long last, the BBC iPlayer app is about to be launched. According to insiders, we can expect the official release of the long-awaited BBC iPlayer mobile application at some point in February. Sorry, but as yet, no news on a BBC iPlayer app for Android devices. Next, news for fans of Wi-Fi hotspots. At the end of January, Sky announced it's bought The Cloud, complete with around 5,000 wireless hotspots. In the same week, mobile phone provider O2 announced their plans for a free wireless hotspot network. The service will be available at a number of key venues around the UK and will be free to O2 and non-O2 customers in return for some kind of ad service. It's at this point we'd normally add a pun about sky and clouds, but unfortunately Carl was unavailable for comment. If you've got a pun, add it to our blog entry for this story. Next, handheld gaming console fans note that the new Nintendo 3DS now has a confirmed launch date of the 25th of March 2011. This new machine offers a 3D gaming experience without the need for 3D glasses. An initial 30 3D games are expected and the machine will cost around £220. We have a pre-order link in our blog now. Some channel news now. The free-to-air channel Sky 3 is set to rebrand as PIC TV on the 28th of February. PIC TV will be available on Sky, Virgin and Freeview. Also, Freesat viewers can now get three new music channels, Enemy TV, Dance Nation and Bliss. These all appeared on the Freeview lineup on the 1st of February. Next, news of BBC Online Cutbacks. Before we had Wikipedia, the central repository for all human knowledge was H2G2, the online encyclopedia inspired by Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. As part of the BBC Cuts, the guide has to find a new home. 
Also, we understand that the BBC iPlayer is to stop offering radio online, although fear not, as a new standalone radio player is in the works. Next, paper books have finally bitten the dust. Amazon's drive towards the e-book seems to be paying off, and last month Amazon announced that sales of their e-books for the Kindle e-book reader have now exceeded that of paperback sales. If you missed it, check out our 28-minute review of the new Kindle on our website. Fans of the mobile game Angry Birds note that throwable toy versions are about to be released. See our blog for more. We've also just been hearing rumours of a new iPad 2 and a Samsung Galaxy Tab 2 due later this year. We look at the current versions in just a few minutes. After our and finally story. The BBC website has released a list of their readers' favourite top 10 new tech words. A plug thug is someone that would kill to use a recharge socket. Sheeple are the sheep-like folk that will buy anything with an I in front of the name. And my favourite, Spamnesia, failing to reply to emails from friends because your computer thinks they're spam. There's a link to the full list on our interweb site thingy. Thanks, Pete. For more on these stories and others, visit frequencycast.co.uk slash news. Frequencycast. Now loading. So, today we're focusing in on something we've had a rather larger response to, haven't we? Yes, we have. In our update that we sent out on the 13th of January, we asked our listeners to tell us whether they'd like us to talk about tablets or streaming media. And the votes were pretty close, but the majority of our listeners have asked us to talk about tablets. Okay, tablets it is then. Just want to say hi to a few of the people that have been in touch. Rob Dixon, Roger TCB, Mike Futrell, Richard Pace, Mick Cole and Mike Dunn G7ELA CQCQ. Oh, one of your friends, obviously. So tablets it is. Before we dive into tablets, those of you that sent in a question or a comment on streaming media, bear with us. We have got your emails and we will respond to them in the next show. Before the main feature, we did have an interesting piece of feedback, Carl. Yes, indeed, we did. It said stay platform neutral if discussing Apple and Android. Many reviews and podcasts show they are biased to some particular form of platform. So, fair enough. Well, we try not to be biased, other than the fact, of course, I'm the best. It's not always easy. I mean, I've been a Nokia mobile phone lover for many years, and I was finally swayed to the iPhone a couple of years back. I've always thought I'd fall in love with the iPad as well, just because it is such an iconic device. We've actually spent a fair amount of time playing with both the iPad and the Android device, and we have been swayed in one direction. We're going to try to be impartial, but it is actually difficult to not just tell it how it is. So, Carl, you ready to dive in? Uh, Hold a minute. Yep, snorkel on, face mask, let's go. So, uh, why indeed do we need yet another type of computer? I mean, we already have your desktop, your laptop, your smartphone, your netbook. Help me out here. Why do I need a tablet, other than for my headache? Right. Well, this is a tablet. So this is effectively just a screen, no keyboard. So let me guess, you're getting it because it's got a new name, yes? Yeah, it's got a different use case, so it has to have a different name. It's distinguishing it from a smartphone and a laptop or a desktop computer. And it's a hold-it-in-your-hand tablet device. Right, Okay. let me just stop you there. I mean, I'm looking at some of the things we've got in front of us, and I'm looking at that. What was that? The the Samsung Galaxy. Well, that just looks like an oversized iPhone to me. It's like an iPhone for the short-sighted. Yeah, it is bigger than an iPhone, and it is smaller than an iPad. Now, as it happens, I now have started using a tablet, and I found uses for it that I wouldn't normally have thought. For instance, on a train, having a laptop is tedious. Having a smartphone, the screen is just a little bit too small. So this tablet sits nicely in the middle of those two sizes. So you prefer that over the iPad, do you? I prefer tablet devices over a laptop, if I'm travelling, certainly. 
okay so not that specific one just tablet devices in general because i was talking to an ipad user the other day and he was saying i sent about this galaxy because i'd seen one of these in tesco's of all places and i said to him isn't that a little bit cumbersome i mean you know the samsung galaxy is a lot smaller now he's got big hands he turned around and he said that the samsung galaxy to him was just a, a little bit too small and a little bit too um, an oversized iphone which is why i said you're just distracted by that aren't you carry on i'm listening question for you why has he got an ipad what does he do with his ipad well he's a mac user i think in the first place so i think the ipad was the obvious choice for him he went mac and he uses it as a laptop and he said he likes the size he thinks you know the, the whole keyboard thing it's better than having a laptop he doesn't like the angled devices i.e you know the keyboard with the screen he just said it all worked well for him but i can't help but think that okay on a as a business machine as in a business application maybe you do want the ipad instead of a laptop but this thing seems like it has a different domain of its own really one of the things I'm using it for is as an ebook reader. Now, as you know, I bought myself a Kindle, which is basically a handheld book reader of about the same size of this Galaxy Tab. The advantage of this is it does a heck of a lot more than your average Kindle. So this is a very, very heavily connected device, which does make a bit of a difference. And how much was this exactly? Uh, tablets vary in price. You can actually get a very cheap and nasty tablet for around about 199, or you can get a top of the range uh, iPad, which will cost you almost 600 pounds. So what you're saying is, Really, even the low-end tablet is better than a Kindle. Uh, better's not necessarily the um, the way to go. I mean, it does different things to a Kindle. A Kindle is designed just to be a book reader, and it also happens to have a media player and a basic internet connection built in. This is designed to be a portable computing platform that just happens to have a book reader in. So they're not really the same kind of thing, but they do part of the same job. Okay, fine. So the world of having just one device seems to be sort of dissolving. I certainly wouldn't ever get rid of my desktop computer, which is where I do the bulk of my work. Laptops are very handy if you're out and about doing uh, live blogging, journalistic type work. A smartphone sits in your pocket. That's the one I carry around with me at all times. This tablet device, I tend to use it at home quite a lot. So it's sitting on the, the coffee table in the lounge. So if something comes on the telly or I want to quickly check my emails, I can pick this up. It's instant boot. I don't have to wait while it loads up like my laptop or leave the environment of the room to go into a different room to do some computing. So so as a portable device, I was I was down with the flu, for instance, and I was I was in my deathbed with me with my cup of tea, and I could actually work. And Sounds like you're turning some sort of hip hop fan. I'm down with the flu. I'm in my deathbed. It's death having it. What's that about? Right. So what are you saying? You were in your bed, ill, and you were covering that in your germs. So don't let me touch it anymore. More importantly, I did like what you just said about the boot thing. It's, it's instantaneous. Do you know what? I still can't tolerate that weight for a computer to boot up. What's that about? Uh, you can touch this, by the way. I've licked it clean. Thanks for that. So basically, the big question that we've had from all of these people that have been in touch is, do I go for something like a Galaxy Tab or one of these very cheap and nasty tablet devices, or do I go for the iPad? Now, which one are you going to say, Carl? Which one am I going to go with? Well, I must admit, superficially, and of course, I think with any of these devices, it's using them, but I actually do like the Samsung uh, Galaxy. It seems to work well for me. It's not as oversized as the iPad. I do like the idea of the iPad, but maybe if I'm, you know, because I have a laptop, I don't know whether I'd bother with... I think I prefer that. Okay, well, let's just do a little bit of a comparison. So the iPad is a large tablet device. It's got a 9.7-inch screen, so it's a big, you know, it's the size of a, a, a decent-sized sort of PC monitor. It's a lovely device. They are pretty heavy, and you do kind of, you feel there's a bit of a quality build there. I mean, I don't actually own one, but we have done some real 
serious hands-on work with these things. They are lovely, and I know people that have got them would not give them up for anything because they are incredibly popular devices. The tab that I'm looking at here, the Samsung Galaxy, is smaller, 7-inch screen, and actually I find this the best size. An iPad is just that little bit too big for me, whereas this is a nice comfy size. Almost fits in a jacket pocket, just slightly too big for a jacket pocket. You do need a leather case with it, but an iPad you feel you need a briefcase for. And it does suit your female hands, doesn't it? Thank you very much. So shall I explain the differences between these two? I've got here a nice list of what the iPad is and what the Galaxy Tab is, and we'll see whether you think uh, one's better than the other. So the Apple iPad, 9.7 inches versus the Samsung at 7 inches. The screen resolution is 1024 on both of them. They're both 1 gig processors. The iPad comes with 16, 32 or 64 gig, whereas the Galaxy is 16 or 32. Well, I suppose actually that could be a handy difference. Possibly, yeah. So 64 on the iPad. That having been said, if you look at the side of the tab here, there's a little slot there for micro SD. So you can actually add a 32 gig micro SD, something you can't do, of course, with the Apple device. Really? That's just fixed, is it, with the Apple device? Yep. Same as the iPhone. Oh, yeah, that is a disadvantage. Okay. So, yeah, the Samsung Galaxy Tab is memory expandable, which the iPhone isn't. Now, they're both touchscreen. They both have this lovely sort of dual touch draggy thing. I'll let you have a play with this thingy in a second and check that out for yourself. Big difference between the two is the camera. Now, how many megapixels do you think the iPad camera is? Well, I'd hope it's quite large. Four megapixel? No, it doesn't have a camera at all, the iPad. So it's not really that big on pixels, is it? There you go. Whereas this has two cameras. This at the back here, see that little lens there? That's a 3.2 meg rear-facing camera. And on the front, it's got a front-facing camera as well. So this has two cameras, and the iPad has none. OK, so that's an advantage. Right, the next real advantage of this over an iPad is this is a phone. You can actually use this to make phone calls, whereas with the iPad, you can't. Yeah, but you'd look a bit silly with that up against you. <laughs> you really would look like you just mugged a giant's phone off him. Okay, um, so you could use it as a phone, which is maybe an advantage. Well, that means you can receive and send text on it like a phone, I'm guessing, which is an advantage, maybe more useful than uh, using it as a phone. And any other advantages of that, particularly? The disadvantage of this is the Galaxy Tab only runs for about seven hours playing video, whereas the iPad is a bit more power efficient and you can get 10 hours out of it, which is odd because it's larger. That is odd, but it does show that the technology behind it must be more advanced to give you that longer service. They both do ebooks. The iPad does the iBook service, whereas this is something called Reader's Hub. But of course, they both have the Kindle available, so you can get Kindle on both of the two tablet devices. Apps, there's the App Store for the uh, iPad and for the uh, Galaxy Tab. It runs the Android operating system, same as a lot of smartphones. So there's the Android Marketplace where you can get apps. Let me just show you something. Look, look, look. Here we go. See if you recognise this app. Yeah, that'd be the uh, Frequency Cast app. And uh, what a lovely picture. Oh, look at this. It's your lovely well-groomed nail again, isn't it? There you go. So, yes, you can get for either tablet device the Frequency Cast app free of charge from the App Store or the Marketplace. Uh, other differences. iPad, £1.6 in weight, whereas this is £0.84. So this is half as light as the iPad. It doesn't actually feel like it weighs much more than an iPhone. So there you go. That's a basic comparison between the iPad and the Galaxy Tab. OK, then Blair Witch me. It's time to scare me. And <laughs> These things cost hundreds, yeah? How much? Yes, tablet devices are not particularly cheap. Let's look at the stylish and desirable iPad first. Of course, you have to pay for the Apple logo here. How much do you reckon? 
I'd imagine around six, seven hundred pounds. Okay. For the 16 gig Wi-Fi and 3G version, best price we could find at the time of recording, 529. So a little bit cheaper than your estimate there. Yep, a little less cushions to hide behind. Okay, I'm all right with that. What about the Galaxy then? Okay, Samsung's Galaxy Tab, it's the smaller of the two, so you'd think it would be a little bit cheaper. And it's got, of course, the two cameras and the mobile phone that the iPad doesn't have. So what kind of price tab are you thinking for the Tab? Well, I'm kind of thinking go cheaper in one direction, go more expensive in the other. So, I don't know, 500 pounds? 410 for the 16 gig version. So the Samsung is smaller, more features, and 120 pounds cheaper. Yeah, I'm kind of um, taken by the Samsung Galaxy, I don't mind telling you. But I would mind the iPad instead of a laptop. Okay, well, let's reserve judgment until you've had a little bit of a play with it. So let me just hand this over to you. Right, now there you go, you're holding it. You comfortable with the hold? Yeah, it's a nice hold. It's, I don't, yeah, it's kind of, mm, I'm, I'm not getting my hands right around it, which would leave me to think I might drop it. Let's just have a look at the home screen. So tap on that one to get to the home screen. Okay, so it shows me a clock face. It tells me where I'm, where I am, I guess. And um, I wish I knew where I was. Uh, and then we've got some icons down the bottom. We've got phone, video, maps, YouTube, or market. Now, let me just show you. This is the wallpaper in the background here. Uh, tell, me, tell me what you can see as the wallpaper here. Oh, well, it looks like a map. Is that a street map? Mm. Now, this is clever, you see. What this is doing is this has something called active wallpaper. So whereas the iPad and the iPhone, you have you can just have a, an image or a photo as your background, this is actually active. So what this has done is this has worked out where we are based on our GPS signal, and this is actually using Google Maps to show us a satellite image of actually where we are at the moment. Now, this is the clever bit. You see at the top here, we've got the weather, sunny with some cloud, four degrees. Now, if you look, can you see across the screen, there's some clouds moving? Oh, is that what they are? I wonder what they were. Oh, yeah, that's clever. Is that actually the clouds moving across the screen there? It's not the clouds, but it is giving you a feeling that it is currently cloudy and that it's four degrees Celsius where we happen to be. Oh, right. Yeah, that's really clever. And there's a bunch of other active wallpapers, including this rather nice pond effect. Ooh, look, I can put water droplets. And if you're a bit of an audiophile, you can have one of these old-fashioned VU meters as your active wallpaper, so the little needle there flickers about in tune with the music that you're playing. And that's actually an accurate reading, isn't it? It is indeed. So there you go, that's wallpaper covered. You can also see here we've got these other desktop widgets. So here I have a widget uh, showing me the current time and the current date and also the weather in the background. And this is live over the internet from a service called AccuWeather. Other widgets you can have, things like I've got Facebook here and uh, Twitter. So these are just over the basic screen. You don't have to go in and start up an app. They're always running in the background. Which I like, because it makes it more spontaneous, doesn't it? And you can't do that with an iPad, so that's that's a pretty strong seller for me. I do quite like being able to completely customise the wallpaper and, and you know, what order the apps are, that kind I'm of thing. I'm not so worried about that. It's just the immediacy of getting hold of sort of key applications in a hurry. I'm just, I still, as I said, have trouble with this whole booting up time thing. Ah, well, there you go. Uh, so let's see what else we've got. In applications, let's have a look at the apps. Email, so this is the email app, and that's the Frequency Cast Inbox. That's all your messages, and as you click a message, a little preview opens there. It's quite easy to just scroll up and down and navigate. Yeah, that's nice and easy to use, and obviously probably one of the biggest sell points for anyone buying one of these, because that's the sort of thing they're going to be doing all day. Now let's just hop back to the main menu. What have you got there? Okay, so we've got a camera icon. Yep, that's for recording video and for using the front and back cameras. So uh, what else have we got? Uh, we've got Google Search, we've got Latitude, eBook, Digital Frame. I'm guessing you can use that as a picture frame yep, thing. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Yep. So you can have it scrolling with your pictures, so that's a nice little touch. So you can actually get a special desk stand for this Galaxy Tab, use it on your desk or even just on a coffee table and have it just scrolling through your photos, which is quite nice. Uh, what else have we got? Messaging, 
obviously a market. What's this market one then here? That's the uh, Android market store where you get third-party applications. Oh, right. Okay, so that's fair enough. Alarm clock, obviously, uses a clock and a calendar. That's always handy to have. Well, seems okay to me uh, with regards to the applications. What else have we got? Uh, places, phone, Samsung movies. What's that? Just are they uh, dubbed in English or Japanese? <laughs> no, they're not Korean movies. No. Uh, this is a movie service. You can actually pay to get movies from a service called Ace Track. Haven't actually experimented with that yet. Uh, you mentioned Places. That's a Google app. Here you see you've got navigation, places, and Google Maps. So this is all the Google stuff. Again, good seller here. Navigation. If we fire that up, we get our Google Map on the screen here. This is a free satnav. Oh, that's nice. Which does uh, spoken directions, that kind of thing. If you want it for the iPad, you have to pay, but it's nice that you get it as a freebie uh, on the tab. So can you get a docking station to fit on your car windscreen? or? Hmm, yeah, I don't know about that one. Not so sure. So it might be a bit inconvenient having it on the passenger seat next to you, especially if it says turn left and you want to check the map out. <laughs> You'll be looking down, won't you? Yeah, possibly, but it's uh, going to block your vision. if you. Well, yeah, but it could be worse. It could be an iPad. Yeah, true, true. Uh, what else have we got? Think Office. This is rather nice. If we fire up Think Office here... You've got uh, documents, you can, you can do your documents and spreadsheets and the like on there, should you wish. Yeah, I think really it's a bit unfair. We seem a bit biased towards this product. I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, the iPad is an absolutely lovely device. I first played with an iPad and I, I did fall in love, it is lovely. But it's just a little bit too big for me. And now I've actually compared the two side by side and I can see the tab does so much more out of the box without having to install third-party apps. Uh, this came preloaded with the Sky app, so I can remotely set my Sky Plus from here. Again, you can do the same with the iPad, but this comes with it as standard. You've got the Office application, uh, YouTube, uh, Talk, Samsung Games, which I'm not particularly keen on. A game called Nova. You remember the game we were playing a little while ago? Oh, um, yeah, that was quite good, yeah, yeah. The interaction or the interface with it was a bit sort of bizarre to get hold of it at first, but you actually turn the thing around and you kind of look in a different view. It's a bit like holding up a letterbox. I think I'd like to have another go at that at some okay. point. There you go. Great graphics. Touch the screen to continue. Uh, new game... Use movement joystick to walk to the waypoints displayed. Aim and fire at the simulated target. So basically, first-person shooter. That control, push that little stick on the screen forward, left, right. That's your movement. You can tilt the screen to change where you're looking, and the little red one there is the fire. Excellent, let's fire. Now, reload. There you go. So you're able to navigate where you are on the screen and you can see the landscape changing around you amazing graphics very impressive to me this seems more of a leisure device it's the sort of thing you have around the house in the lounge to do quick um reference viewing it's not so business orientated i mean well, i was talking to this guy today uh and he was saying how he likes his ipad it's a really good device he's using it at work day in day out and I think maybe from the point of view of not having a laptop and replacing it with something with a large keyboard and a large screen, especially when you're referencing images or whatever with other people in your office or your work environment, then, I mean, this is a little bit hard to get a group of people around to look at. It is sort of pretty much, oh, there, I'll show you my images here. Have a look at the slideshow whilst I go off to, you know, make your cup of tea sort of thing. Whereas the iPad, I think, you know, you could do some serious work with it for me there's a couple of things that the ipad just can't do that the tab can such as from the web browser you can play flash movies and video which is pretty nifty something the ipad can't do and the video player on the android tablets can handle more video formats than on the ipad so you're not tied to itunes or having to convert your video which is also nice 
Just before we wrap up, we got a quick email in from Mick Cole. Would you mind reading this one for me, Cole? Oh, go on then. Here we go. I'm really interested in Android tablets. My concern is that there are a lot of cheap, underpowered tablets that were released for Christmas. One thing that I think is important is the ability to upgrade the OS. Do you have to rely on the manufacturer, or can you upgrade Android updates from Android directly? Yeah, sorry Mick, the two Android tablets that we've played around with, including of course the Galaxy Tab, do get their updates from the manufacturer. You can't just go onto a sort of a Google Android site and download it. Also, there are operator-specific versions, which does make it a bit of a pain, something that you don't get with the iPad, which of course you just update through the iTunes store. Okay, thanks Pete. So there we go, that's our wrap-up of the tablets. Now, if you've got a tablet, we'd love to know which one you have. And more importantly, what you use it for. Also, if you have any questions on tablets, let us know. Yep, get in touch. Frequency cast, now loading, interaction. Well, as ever, it's time to delve into our big post bag for your feedback. And first off, it's weather stations. Barry Mill says, I've been given a Maplin USB wireless weather station for Christmas, and I'm delighted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why are you giggling? <laughs> no, it's great. Uh, as a novice and a newcomer, I'm uncertain of the best and simplest way to export data into something that would give me the most basic means of looking up historic data in graph form. Any suggestions, Pete? You've certainly come to the right place. Now, hang on. These weather stations are brill. I've had mine in my garden for a couple of years. If you missed a feature on the weather station, it's in show 48. The easy weather application that comes with the weather station is okay, but a bit limited. I'm using weather display, but as has been pointed out by a few other listeners, it is a little bit of a complex uh, application to get your head around. If you want something that's free, better than the basic app, and does let you archive data without being too complex, I would suggest taking a look at Cumulus. There is a link on our show notes. Thank you very much. So now we move on to our next one from Tony Bullock. In show 47, it was mentioned that lots of people in the Meridian region with Virgin Media have ITV London on channel 103 instead of ITV Meridian channel 871. I just tried calling Virgin who said it is a problem with the broadcaster and won't do anything about this. Do any listeners in the Meridian region have the local version of ITV on channel 103? Yep, so we've looked at this one before. It sounds like in the Meridian region, all you can do is get London. What we'd love to know is the Virgin Media users out in Meridian land, get in touch and tell us what is on channel 103 so we can do a little bit more digging. Most appreciated. Thank you. Excellent. Next, a podline call. And if you want to get your voice on the show, you can do so by calling 0208 133 4567. Hi, it's Mr. Robert from Leeds. It's a quick question regarding the V plus box. HD. I've just had this installed today by an engineer. On the old box, I have the RF output, but on this new V Plus box HD, there's no RF output, so therefore I can't get the TV in the bedroom upstairs. Uh, whereas before, I just used a coaxial cable coming out of the RF. I just want to know is there any way I can do this on the V Plus box? Well, you've got a couple of options. You can use what's called an RF modulator box. This will cost you around about £30 and plugs into the V Plus's SCART socket as well as to your existing coax cable, and this runs off to the second TV. It will essentially convert from your SCART into a signal that can be fed over coax aerial cable. The second option is to get a wireless AV sender, which will let you watch the output on a second TV without the need for an extension cable at all. Links to both options up on our show notes. Also, we've got time for another quick call. Uh, my name is Terry Harding. I'd like to know that when the changeover in April is due for us, will I lose all of my recordings that I have in my BT Vision box? Thanks. 
Good news, the short answer to this is no. Your BT Vision box uses the Freeview service, which is already digital, so it won't be affected when your analogue signal finally turns off. And thanks to the regular listener, Sum Min Kim, for the Kindle tip. Yes, he's found a rather nice little Easter egg. If you've got a Kindle, one of the new generation ones, press Shift, Alt and M at the same time from the Kindle home screen and you get a Minesweeper game. Oh, cool. We'd also like to say hi to a bunch of new listeners. We're now being broadcast to the good folk of Sheffield on the community station Sheffield Live 93.2 FM. Nice to have you listening. Yes, thank you very much. Hello to you all. Uh, We also heard from John Long, a.k.a. Darren Nay. Oh, that's rhymes, doesn't it? In fact, there are lots of these emails and texts are rhyming today. Um, Anyway, do rechargeable battery charges and other rechargeable stuff really save your money in the long run? Or do they just add up the cost of your electricity bill? Now, that is actually a really interesting question. (laughs) I've never thought of asking that, but that's the sort of thing I need to know. Do you know, I didn't know either, so I sat and did some maths. You'll be surprised by the results. Go to the show notes and take a look. Aren't I a tease? You certainly are, because you know I don't know the web address. Is it www.frequencycast.co.uk? That's close enough. Next, hi to Thor. Cool name. Nice hammer. He wants to know what PVRs exist for Freeview HD, and is now a good time to buy... Or should I wait until something with new features comes out? Well, take a look at the link on our show notes for all the various Freeview HD recorders that are out there. The Humax Freeview HD box gets great reviews, and the Technica model with Fetch TV built in does have a lot of features and is not bad for the money. Should you wait? Well, 2011 is going to be the year of internet-enabled set-top boxes. And, of course, the second half of the year, we can expect the new UView boxes, which will be internet-enabled as well as Freeview HD. HD enabled. So maybe the second half of the year is one to watch for. Sounds like you're saying put it off. Cheers, Pete. Anyway, that's all we have time for in this show. Uh, if you've got a comment or a question, you can text us on 07882 043 Email us via our site or leave us a voicemail on 0208 133 4567. Go on, get in touch. You know you want to. Frequency cast. Shutdown in progress. Well, that's your lot for this show, Show 60. For news updates or to get in touch, please visit frequencycast.co.uk. While you're there, click the Add Us to iTunes button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for FrequencyCast. Thanks for listening to our tantalising take on technology. And if you like what you've heard, please spread the word. Frequency Cast. Shut down.